Podcasts, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the website www.mildlyplease.com. It's continuing mission to talk about movies, music, and, and sometimes video games and baseball for some reason. To boldly go where many much more qualified, articulate people have gone before. And then, like, the opening credits, like, the website, like, flies by, and you see these names written on the screen. And those names are John Lemmy, John Otney, Matt Carson, and Matt Carson. You alright? I don't know, I heard something, like, crash during the... <laughs> right as my, I was... my room's just falling apart, that's mm. all. Like... Was, um, my, my lightsaber fell off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it heard that we're talking about Star Trek. It's like I'm getting the fuck out this of here. Make sure this conversation at least includes a little bit of Star Wars. <laughs> we'll do our weekly Star Wars update. Or you'll get pissed. You get chopped in half. You need Darth Mauled. Yeah, well it is a Darth Maul lightsaber, so <laughs> That's appropriate. That's Maybe. What I ended up with. Um, so yeah, a new Star Trek movie came out, uh, about a week ago when we were recording this, and we're, we, we got some, some Trek fans amongst us, uh, specifically the three of us who decided to do this. <laughs> One person is conspic- conspicuously missing, but, uh, we'll let you, the listener, decide why that is. Um, but, and, and the, I thought we would do a good movie, bad movie for this one, uh, because it'll be fun to uh, to talk about the, this new movie, Star Trek Beyond, uh, in comparison to the, the rest of the, the franchise that came before it, uh, give it a better context, because uh, I think uh, Star Trek, the film series, might be a little underrated by the, the, the common uh, moviegoer who's not interest in star trek uh because i i think without these star trek movies um we don't have like the the modern like serialized like endless movie franchises that we all love so much like like the marvel movies uh as far as i know star trek was the first one that's like we're just gonna do infinite sequels and there will be a continuity between them literally universes it's a universe like but it's like super appropriate uh, so Star Trek Beyond, you guys, what did you think about this new movie directed by Justin Lin, the Fast and the Furious guy? It was fun and not that complicated, which is good, because sometimes Star Trek movies can be. I, I thought it was just complicated enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I felt like it was, it wasn't like um, where I, I watched the first and second one the day before I saw this one. And it was probably my third viewing of both. Or actually, it was my third viewing of the first one and my second of the second. And, like, the first one is a ton of fun. And, like, that's just all, you know, that's that's the best way to describe it. It's so much fun. And it's really not, you don't need to understand the movie to enjoy it. But it's hard as hell to wrap your head around all that <laughs> time crap like it it took me until into darkness came out to like fully understand that okay 
this is an alternate timeline from the original series, but it's connected in that way, and yada, yada, yada. Oh, you liked all those Enterprise refs. So, here's the thing. I didn't, like, understand them because I haven't seen Enterprise, but my friend Andy uh, held that over my head saying, you're not going to get these because, you know, you're not cool. You're not cool like I am yet. But uh, so I knew they were coming. So I, like, were are we just talking about like the Franklin and all that stuff? I, I don't well, know. Oh, know they exactly. talk about um, the other war, the not Romulan war, but the other one that I uh, think came from the uh, Enterprise. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they can even make those references, and like. We make such a big deal about what's canon and what's not canon in like Star Wars where it doesn't even like really matter. But like in Star Trek they do it effortlessly without anyone, you know. That's cool to give a nod to a TV show no one watched. <laughs> but it makes sense and whatever. Yeah. No, I thought that was great. And I, and you know, I think a lot of the credit probably also goes uh I mean Justin Lin makes the movie fun, but I think a lot of the uh, respect for Star Trek probably comes from the script, uh, which this time was co-written by Simon Pegg, uh, who has like infinite nerd cred. Uh, so <laughs> sure, but like, can't you see it? Like, like I, I, I definitely feel like this was the most Star Trekky feeling movie for me. I mean, I've been watching Star Trek for probably the last five, six years. And I still have like 460 some episodes left if I want to complete them. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, 10 movies or whatever. And I feel like I've been watching it forever. But uh, I, I definitely feel like this had the vibe of the first one, the fun of the first one. But like still all the, you know, hey, let's talk this mission through as a team going back and forth. Everyone's contributing ideas and commands and blah 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 you know you know what i mean yeah oh definitely i feel like this is the first of these three movies where like kirk actually feels qualified oh yeah for sure it was such a breath of fresh air to fucking like not be like kirk shut up you piece of shit you know it's like that was i mean i i see where that especially in the first one but like it's so refreshing to be like okay they're the crew now let's go let's do some missions yeah i like seeing starfleet do what i always assumed starfleet was supposed to do which is like these peace offering missions like the yeah. opening of the film where they go to the weird little alien yeah. planet and he's just trying to negotiate you know this this with this artifact yeah and that, that felt very star trek to me even though it had a bunch of bouncing around little alien things it yeah. but it was like funny and it's like well that's what starfleet's supposed to do they're not yeah. just supposed to go in there and start blasting <laughs> blowing up shit <laughs> So that was nice. It seems like that and a lot of the nods and references, it's it's like there were more, but they were more subtle in a way. They, they, were, like, na- you know, they were natural. Yeah. And, then, and, you know, in Into Darkness, you literally have the Khan scene, the uh, screaming, like, flipped, and you have Khan in it. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, like, there's that scene, like, I remember that scene with uh, Kirk and McCoy having a drink. I totally forgot they had a, a scene similar to that where they have share a drink in Wrath of Khan. You know, when it's like, you're getting all old and shit. You know what I love is their toast at the end there is uh, to still having your hair and good eyesight, which is perfect because, you know, everyone knows that Shatner was wearing a rug 
and that <laughs> and you got glasses in that scene in Wrath of Khan. So it's like one two punch. It's like a reference to the actor and the scene. It's amazing. Mm. There's probably a whole bunch of other references that I didn't even catch. I don't know what you guys are talking about with the Franklin. Is that some reference to something? Well, the Franklin was the ship they found. And and it's basically the same ship as the Enterprise from Enterprise. I didn't even know that. I assumed I knew things about Star Trek. But this is for like this is for real fans though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like don't you think like the the Simon Pegg connection he doesn't have like you could say as people didn't really like Enterprise, you know. I don't know if he liked Enterprise or whatever, but it seems like it could be a thing where, oh, we can just sweep this under the rug because it was kind of like the newest Star Trek and it, people didn't like it. Sweep it under the rug like we swept the prequels under the rug for the new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. Do you, do, do you think that's a, a Star Trek family kind of thing? or I mean, how do you, how do you decipher that? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, it's not the first Enterprise reference in these new movies. I remember... In Star Trek 2009, they talk about Admiral Archer's beagle, yeah. Uh, which you know, so they 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 always. Star Trek 2009 was a much better film than Into Darkness, and part of that is because like they really went out of their way to be like, yes, we're recasting all the roles, but like we have so much respect for yeah the original movies, and we don't want to destroy them. Um, and I feel like this movie beyond, um, they. <laughs> They tried as much as possible to just get back to Star Trek, and like, yeah. like they acknowledge all the stuff from the previous movies, but they do their best to like the stuff that they don't like is the stuff that we didn't like, and they they really push that stuff back. Like uh, the Uhura Spock relationship is an yeah. example of something that like it's fine, but it wasn't part of the original show. It's not really necessary like they don't have a ton of chemistry it's just been kind of this weird element and yeah. so this one they like they break up and then they separate them for the entire movie <laughs> which i thought was a good plot device too i mean like they never bugged me in into darkness or anything i don't hate into darkness like it destroyed my childhood that i didn't have in 1980 whatever you know mm-hmm. um i'm not as I you know I probably need to watch it again, but you know I don't love Wrath of Khan like you do, Sean. I like it, but I don't. It's not my you know. I, well, I think what we said at the time was just like, Into Darkness gets better and better the less you care about Star Trek. Like, yeah. The, the more you oh, can no, let it sure. go, the better it becomes. For sure, like Into Darkness for me, I was all about the Klingons for like yeah. five seconds. It looks so weird. Yeah, but like they looked. They look, you knew they looked like Klingons, but they look cool and like new. Yeah. Which is fine. Because, I mean, I mean, look at the freaking Klingons in the original series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, like, I'd love to see more of them. And so, like, I liked Into Darkness for me was, this is cool, but kind of, it's okay. It's good. There's something to be said about a, a, an okay, good movie. I don't know, that's kind of like my, that's my like gospel cry, I guess, these days. But, you know, it's hard to make a good, like a great movie. So, you know, let's let's cherish the good and celebrate the great. Because the bad is really bad. (laughs) All right, so yeah, so in uh, traditional Star Trek form, uh, this movie does... uh, Begin with the Enterprise getting destroyed, just like in Search for Spock, 
we'll get to that. Um, but then what I loved is they, the cast is stranded on this planet, and they do what I think a original cast Star Trek movie would have done, which they give Kirk a heroic plot to go save everyone, Spock and Bones, like a funny plot to stick together, and then they put basically everyone else in prison, and you don't have to worry about them. <laughs> a nice bonus is we got way more of Chekhov in this movie. Not that I, I really needed it, but I didn't realize I appreciated that performance so much until I saw it in this film. Because I feel like with all the films, Uhura's got plenty of screen time in the previous films. So I didn't really feel the need to have a lot of her in this movie. So it was nice to have the focus on one of the other crew members to show that they're all important. I feel like each movie's got to have a little shift on each person. So Yeah, and of course it's it's nice that uh, Anton Yeltsin got to have that moment you know, now that he's gone. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I hope in the next movie they're just like, yeah, he became the chief engineer on some other starship or something. It sounds like... They should just, they should just get Chekhov from the alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He's killing up Walter Koenig. He's like 80 years old. He's like super bald now. That'd be great. He's so <laughs> bald. He's beyond bald. Oh my god. That'd be so horrible. <laughs> it's it's really sad because there is that alternate Star Trek timeline where he's still alive. I guess that's why you know things are different. See, like this is so fucking confusing. So like, <laughs> Ambassador Spock mm-hmm. was he? He was since two thousand nine. R2009. Yeah. He's been just living in the alternate timeline, right? Absolutely, yep. So he's not he uh, he is not in the old timeline at all. No. But I mean, he and, when and he went back, it was so far in the future, you assume everyone else was already. Exactly, cuz cuz Vulcans live super long, right? Mhm. Yeah, so so Chekhov's probably dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that you Aww. not that you couldn't Well, here's the thing. Well, I, I don't know how I don't know where these timelines match up because aren't they going to have Chris I heard that they're going to have Chris Hemsworth and oh yeah that's true for the next one so maybe they could suck suck Chekhov into the mix <laughs> so not only do they need to travel back in time in their own timeline yeah. they also need to travel back in time into an alternate timeline <laughs> <laughs> they just suck him in there somehow you know, as long as it's lots of fun, we won't, we may not notice. Because like the first one, it's super confusing, but it's so much fun that you forget how confusing it is. I just it starts being less fun when they're like, "Here, I'm going to explain things to you." Yeah. Oh yeah. It's more fun to speculate later and figure it out like an hour after you've seen the movie. I just remember in Yuma, I was watching watching uh, the first one with some friends before we went to go see In the Darkness. I was like arguing with this girl about how like this, like trying to explain to her the alternate timeline, and she had no idea what I was talking about. But was <laughs> vehement that like I was totally wrong and that like it's not as confusing as I'm trying to make it be, which I guess is good because she didn't care. She still liked the movie. But she was not too. She was focused wrong. too much on the first film. Yeah. But did the Romulans time travel? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. They they time traveled at the same um, time that Spock did. They so both Spock, got they both yes. got sucked through the whole black hole. Spock was going to save the Romulan homeworld with that red stuff. Yeah, uh, but he fucked up. 
<laughs> this, and the home world got destroyed, and then Spock and the Romulans got sucked through. Mm. But Spock went through slightly earlier or later? Earlier. Earlier. Uh, and so the Romulans show up and they kill George Kirk. Uh, and then they just sit <laughs> patiently. Actually, actually, I guess, I guess no, they, they went through earlier. Because then they sat patiently and it took it like 30 years for Spock to get through. Yeah. And then they just maroon him on that dumb planet. Giant scary ice monster. So, okay, beyond. Um, the Enterprise gets destroyed by just like this swarm of ships. Which like seems like a good enough weapon. Because like, Enterprise can't do shit about this swarm. Um, they go, they end up down on the planet, uh, they all have to eject, um, Spock gets hurt, so Bones is tending to him, uh, Kirk teams up with Chekhov, uh, Scotty teams up with a Kung Fu alien, uh, Sulu, Uhura, and everyone else are in prison, and they're being held captive by the leader of the weird drone army, whose name is Kroll. He's played by Idris Elba, and he appears to be a weird, tired alien. Uh, then we find out that there's like a bunch of other stuff going on with him. I think we can say this is spoiler, spoiler territory from here on out. Okay. If we haven't already spoiled things. So, like, yeah, so we find out that he is a human from Starfleet that has been overdosing on mining equipment because i guess in this new series like mining equipment is always like super advanced and super dangerous (laughs) because that's that's what nero was using too right there's just like mining equipment he's like he's like vulcan with mining equipment um but this mining equipment lets you suck up the life force out of people but it turns you into an alien does it turn you into whatever alien you're sucking? That's what I was thinking because, you know, he's turning into sort of a human, but not quite a human later. And I was wondering, did he first become an alien because he's sucking the life force out of aliens that looked like that? We don't really know, I th- do we? I think that makes sense. The only other theory I could think of, which I, I told you about this, John, was mm-hmm. that maybe um, it's like rewriting his DNA. And so, like, if he went a long time without sucking up life forces, maybe he just starts becoming an alien. But then... When he gets back into sucking up life forces, which he does a lot as the movie goes on, maybe he gets back closer and closer to his original human form. Um, the only problem with that is they never really establish if the other guys do that or what their deal is. Yeah, so that, that's another aspect of it is they say that he still has a crew of like three people, but obviously he has this giant hive army and like tons of aliens working for him. So who are those other three people? <laughs> There are a couple that look like him, but I feel like all the rest wear helmets. And so we don't know. There definitely is one guy. I remember he's like, you know, no, you've taken us this far. You have to go finish the mission or something. And that guy like dies. I think he fights uh, his first mate, J- Jayla. Oh yeah, his alien Riker. Yeah. Uh, but who knows what those other two guys were? Uh, Just chilling. Leave it for the real fans to figure that out, I guess. <laughs> So, this is a familiar territory. A captain that goes crazy and hates, you know, Starfleet. Were you guys 
this, did that reveal like was that a disappointment i think it is because every single villain in this new series has been a human or a very human-like person who wants revenge against starfleet and like starfleet isn't that bad like, I don't understand why everyone hates him so much. <laughs> well, I mean, the Romulans hate him because they're Romulans. Well, yeah, the Romulans, okay, that makes sense. The, but... you know, the other guy is just like a total asshole. That, and, I mean, that's part of why Into Darkness is not as good is because the villain kind of is like, why is he doing this? Like, he's just, because he wants... He wants to be part of the military. You know, he thinks a war is coming, which I guess makes sense. It's just not very interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, so, like, if we can talk about Wrath of Khan, like, Khan's motivations are so great. So he's this he's this former, like, basically Hitler who, like, had this he, he, World War Four or whatever you want to call The eugenics yeah. wars. And he's marooned in space, and Kirk finds him and defrosts him, and he's and like immediately the dude tries to take over the Enterprise because he's <laughs> so full of himself. Uh, so Kirk's like, "Well, this sucks," and he drops him off on a planet with one of his own crew members who's like way into him. So I guess like Nazi sympathizer on the Enterprise, whatever. <laughs> and then that planet that they're marooned on, like it's it's like sun explodes or something. And it just wrecks the whole planet, and it go and decades go by, and like Khan is just driven insane on this unhospitable, destroyed world. So it's like, yeah, that dude would want revenge against Kirk. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But in Into Darkness, he's just like, I'm a Superman, and I want more Superman. Well, I mean, Khan's not really the bad guy, and I mean, in uh, Into Darkness, he's just. Oh right! It's uh, it's the it's Lance the Lance mili- Henriksen, yeah, right? it's the military guy, and he. <laughs> oh God! I'm just remembering he had big black Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. So I mean that that was just kind of weird because like, everyone's a good guy from their point of view. Khan's just trying to save his family. Uh, that guy's just trying to fight the war that he thinks is coming from everyone else, Romulans and Klingons and stuff, and and you know Starfleet's just trying to be Starfleet. And I, I, so to, to get back to beyond, I, I liked the reveal. I didn't see it coming and I, I liked it because, because of the connection with the past and it just kind of shows people what, you know, how, how humanity evolved to this point to, to be where we don't need an army. We are explorers now. And this guy is a soldier and he was in the transition, you know. He he all his life he was a soldier, and then all of a sudden he's got to like go dick around with other aliens and have fun. Like he doesn't like that. And so like uh, I mean, and plus you know they stranded his ass on a planet and they didn't know about him. Not that that was anyone's fault, but you know you could see how he's fucking pissed. Um. Yeah, I liked it. I was just gonna say more like. It's also, like any Star Trek episode or movie, a good one, it's almost more about the journey than it is. Because I, I felt like the villain wasn't a big part of it. It was more like the villain was, the conflict was, how are we going to get off of this ship when we can't talk to anyone and our ship is destroyed and we're all working together and finding the old ship. And I thought that was really cool. 
I think my problem with Kroll is, yeah, he's just kind of like this obstacle in the way. But then they do make him really important really fast right near the end. Yeah. We, they cram all this information into right before they're going to fight him for the final time. <laughs> yeah. And and I wish they could have doled that out over time without spoiling it, even though that seems impossible. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. Well, I mean, John, you you said that you actually like saw in that video clip they see early on. You're like, oh, that's probably Idris Elba. The thing is, though, but like like Nancy said, oh, that was a surprise. I would, I, I don't want it more to be obvious to, to more people. I want it to be a surprise to as many people as possible. I don't know, like what most people's, you know, if that if that was a surprise to them. So I mean, I guessed it early on because the, there was a video earlier, and you, v- you very briefly see it, and I saw like a really tall black dude, and I'm like, <laughs> that could, that's probably Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Well, you, I mean, even when they keep replaying it. It takes them forever till you can finally see any of his face. It yeah. was just a guess, I you know. Well, was that that was early on? Yeah, early on when they first find that ship, they check out that video. But you, you, you it's like they barely focus on it at all. But I saw a really tall black dude. Yeah, there's a. It's it's pretty good because they don't waste any scenes on that ship either. Like they look around, it's like here's the thing that plays music. I bet we'll use that. Here's a motorcycle. I bet we'll use that. Uh, that was nice. I actually forgot about the music thing, and then once they're we were, they were going to use it, oh, I was like, oh, I know exactly what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scene that I assume is controversial for people. I think it's great. Yeah, I was I was expecting to be like, oh, okay, but I really liked it. It was sweet. It's like basically like surfing to sweet music and killing. And it's a callback to the to the first Star Trek yeah. two thousand nine movie yeah. when he's riding his motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, a much, much better usage of sabotage than J.J. Abrams did in that 2009 movie. It's just so great in the, in the song when he's like, Wah! and all these ships get disintegrated like it's being disintegrated by a scream. <laughs> um, that was just fun to watch. My only regret is they've played that song twice now, and they still haven't made Kirk go, sabotage. Oh, did he say that in the original show Yeah, or movie? that's how he pronounces it. Sabotage. I was showing Colin. Is that a this. Canadian thing? I was showing Colin this. There's an amazing, amazing, amazing Star Trek outtake where uh, he says some line with sabotage in it, and you can hear the director say, "Uh, yeah." So can we try that uh, line again? Um, but this time instead of uh, uh, sabotage, maybe sabotage. And there's a little pause, and then Shatner goes. I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage. Spock, sabotage the system. Spock, restore the atmosphere. Spock, sabotage the system. I wish I knew what to do. Observations, Mr. Spock. Okay, we have line 193 again with uh, sabotage and sabotage. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. Is William Shatner Canadian? Yeah. Because Paul, my brother, has friends that say drama as drama and pasta as pasta. I wonder if yeah. that's a Canadian thing to to say their A's like that. Yeah, Ben says pasta. So it must be. that. That's how they say it. Sabotage. Is it again? <laughs> okay, I don't a, know. a little bit. Again, again. Again. Not like overly British, but they do have a little twinge. That's hilarious. I have to check that out now. I'm excited to talk about William Shatner as well because we're also going to be talking about. I can't remember if you said that we're going to be talking about Search for Spock. We are, uh, but let's. Uh, so, just to kind of wrap up 
beyond. Uh, let's see if anything else in the plots. So uh, Sulu and Uhura team up to send a message, uh, which makes sense because like she's a communication specialist, uh, but it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, Spock and Bones are funny. Uh, Scotty teams up with the alien. Uh, they all meet up in the ship eventually. Uh, there's a sweet prison break sequence where they're riding around in motorcycles and there's hundreds of Kirk riding around in motorcycles. Uh, and then they go to the ship and they're, they're, they fly away because uh, uh, Kroll got away with his with, with the Doomsday device. So yeah, this was weird. <laughs> like He already had the giant fleet of drones, uh, but that wasn't enough. Not enough. So he got this uh, thing from the beginning of the movie. An artifact, yeah. Uh, that dusts people or something, eats people. Hell yeah. It just dusts them. Uh, and so we find out that his final plan is to go to this uh, Federation space station. Yorktown. Yep. And put it in the air. And I guess turn all the people in that space station into dust. Hell yeah. And they're all like floating around. Yeah, that was probably my favorite action scene. That was cool. Yeah. Everyone's standing sideways, weird gravity yeah. everywhere. Because, like, he, you know, he, he watches uh, Kroll, like, jump into the gravity stream. And I feel like Kirk, like, doesn't get it at first. You know, he's like. Oh, yeah. And then someone tells That's him cool. on the comm, like, hey, like, it's okay to jump because. It's going to take you where he goes. But, man, and crazy. I like that Kroll is wearing a Starfleet uniform that he changes back into that. Yeah. Just feels appropriate. Nice confrontation. And the space battle stuff was sweet, too. Not just the sabotage scene, um, but the stuff leading up to it. And then the cool, like, flying through the station. And, uh, yeah. and they actually give Bones a chance to be an action hero because they let him fly one of the the drones and he helps crash Kroll's ship and uh yeah and then there's that sweet fight and then they have a party at the end uh which is kind of reminiscent to the party at the beginning search for spock um and then they do literally the ending of star trek 4 where they're like we know the enterprise got destroyed but did you know there's another enterprise but Mm -hmm. it's it's it has an a at the end of its name now go. Which is pretty cool. There's that weird time lapse. Did they need to have that time lapse? No. <laughs> but they did. Are you uh, mean building the ship? Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. I guess if they if it had already been built, then people would be like, Oh, why didn't it go fight Kroll? <laughs> <laughs> so they had to do that. What's 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 wrong? What's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with what? Time lapse. The, ti- the time lapse? I just felt like weird, like a like they're just sitting around for so long waiting for that ship to get built. And I don't know. It was just it didn't it didn't feel good to me. Eh, I thought it was fine. That's getting a little picky. All right, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's basically the plot. I guess the, the one thing is, uh, they, they do, there's these little, uh, arcs, uh, for, for Kirk and Spock 
both of them are considering uh, leaving Starfleet. Uh, Kirk, because uh, he's just turned a year older than his dad ever was, uh, and he's realizing that uh, being three years into the five-year mission, that this is more... Uh, or this was... He, he joined Starfleet on a dare, he says, and he's trying to reckon if this is actually what uh, he wants to be doing, or if this is just where life took him. Uh, and then similarly, Spock is going through a crisis of uh, Ambassador Spock, Leonard Nimoy's character, uh, has died, uh, and he realizes that he might want to go help repopulate the Vulcan population uh, and wasting his time on the Enterprise and dating Uhura might not be what's best for his species uh, but then by the end I guess Kirk's just had a good enough time that he's all in again and uh, and Spock gets a picture of the original cast and he gets it so that's nice what did you think about that? I, I thought it was nice me too. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I was like, oh yeah. I mean, I, it's just so cool how they can still stay connected. You know, this thing going on for yeah. How how long now? Sixty years. Fifty years exactly. Fifty, 50 years exactly. Like that's so cool. You know, and like. I mean, I I just need some more damn Voyager references, but you know, I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll get them eventually. That's Voyager's still like a hundred years in the future of this. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the furthest in the timeline? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it's, uh. it's like Voyager's weird because there's like a lot of like time skips and space skips. Like I don't, I don't remember exactly how it ended, but I do seem to remember the finale of Voyager involving uh, Janeway in like super old lady makeup. Super in the future. Yeah. So, when's the new series take place? Well, isn't the new series supposed to be an anthology series? What does that mean? Uh, it's like every season is like a different story. Oh, wow. that's dumb. Interesting. I don't like that. Well, I know that the first season is, is just a complete story instead of being episodic, which will be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, have they established where it is in the timeline? I don't know if they have. I, I, the only thing timeline-wise that I know is that they said it's going to be in the Prime universe. It's not going to be in the Kelvin universe, which is what these new movies are in. Is Prime before or after? Well, Prime, it, well, they, the it could be anywhere. Yeah. So it'd be before the original series, or it could be after. But it's it like it's this it's the timeline where Nero doesn't come back. It's the timeline that Nero's from. Oh. So, you know. Picard and everyone is still game. Sweet. <laughs> Which you know, those guys are still around. Get some war faction. Yeah, get, get war. He wants. I feel to like Warf's all Trek. about showing yeah. up. <laughs> he wants to be in it. I mean, he's he's in Star Trek Six. Like yeah. he's like, I'm gonna get in these movies before the rest of my <laughs> cast does. When are they gonna you know recast uh, the next generation with like McAvoy and stuff? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not going to be McAvoy. It's going to be Tom Hardy. Who did Tom? When did Tom Hardy play young Picard or young uh, Patrick? Nemesis. Oh, like ninety-seven. Yeah, but I hope they go with like Bane body type Tom Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) Just ripped. 
Not even rip, just like fucking monstrous. That's the thing we should do sometime is cast our own next generation cast and what they would do. Make our own movie. That'd be fun to try to cast new people as the next generation cast. I don't even know where you begin with. Can't wait to think of who Wesley will be in the new one. Like uh, Joffrey. <laughs> smack that kid. I mean, people wanted to smack Wesley, so it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have a very smackable kid. That's all that matters. So, Star Trek Beyond, we liked it. It's a good movie. But for every good movie, there is a bad movie. And in this case, we're going with Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. So before, now, we, before we get into this... Okay. I've seen this movie once. Okay. It was probably... I don't even remember. <laughs> when did Into Darkness come out? Uh, 2013 or 12? 13? I think 2013. Yeah, three years ago. So it was, it was probably it was around there sometime. It, no, okay. I, it, yeah. No, it was probably 2014. Early 2014. Um, I don't remember it. I remember bits and pieces. It's kind of like a dream. <laughs> but I remember liking it. I remember not being like, this isn't, as, this isn't terrible. This isn't as bad as everyone... This is a fine sequel to the Wrath of Khan. Okay. And, so, I but, and I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to debate my stance. That's just how I feel. Well, let me say this. I know why you feel that way. Because taken on its own, like the movie is like a, a fine adventure movie. Uh, but the more you think about it, the more it unravels. Uh, but even bigger than that, my beef with Search for Spock... Uh, is that Search for Spock literally exists to undo all the most meaningful changes to Star Trek that Wrath of Khan made. It's a really good point. Um, so which so are, lay, like, lay it on me. And, and include a little plot summary, because I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say that... I remember they find like, him and he like can't speak. The, the two biggest changes to um, Star Trek, to the continuity of the entire series, uh, the two biggest changes from Wrath of Khan were... Spock dies at the end, saving the ship, and uh, Kirk finds out that he has a son and a family. And this movie brings back Spock and kills off Kirk's son. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, t- uh, two, three, and four, they all take place like like the end of the next movie picks up like on the same scene. It's, it's basically one long story. Um, so this movie opens, uh, the Enterprise is damaged from the battle with Khan, heading away from the Genesis planet back to space dock. Um, they've jettisoned, uh, Spock's corpse in a torpedo tube and it lands on Genesis. Um, and that's, and that's where things pick up, uh, is that, uh, Spock's dad, Sarek. I was going to say Soren, but I think that's the bad guy from Star Trek Generations. <laughs> a lot of similar Malcolm names. Malcolm McDowell. Don't spoil yeah. Generations. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched this recently, Sean? Yeah. Okay, I did too. So just saw. Uh, I'm on the same page. I was going oh, to watch it today. But 
I, I steered the synopsis of Beyond. How about you take some of the search for Spock? Okay, so Sarek, they know that Vulcans have like this inner power, like I think it's called a Katra, mm-hmm. and it's been transferred to McCoy, and they, I think, touch on that or explain it from a scene where he maybe mind melded with McCoy in the previous film. Yeah, and so they, they, they need show McCoy. You the scene. They like let's check the tape to have a proper kind of like goodbye for Spock. They need to take the Katra back to Vulcan along with his want... dying body. Yeah. And they don't want to do that. I don't know. Why don't they want so to the, do that? The... Cause it, cause they'll have to stop being, you know, a crew. So the crew wants to do it, but Starfleet doesn't want them to do it. Uh... They want to decommission the enterprise cause it's damaged enough that just, they just want to scuttle it. Um, and then because Genesis is such a weird situation, they have like a science team out there and they're being very cautious about the planet. So yeah. going to pick up Spock's body is just out of the question. Okay. And so meanwhile, Kirstie Alley replacement mm-hmm. and uh, Kirk's son go to Genesis because they pick up that there's a life form there. And yeah. they find baby Spock on the planet. And I'm not sure if the explanation is he is aging really fast because the planet is aging really fast. And it also makes it unstable. It means it'll, like, blow up. Mm-hmm. That's it. But I don't yeah. understand. If they go to the planet, how come Kirstie Alley's... I can't remember her character's name. I'm just going to call her Kirstie Alley. How come Kirstie Alley and Kirk Jr. aren't aging when they're on the planet? Well, Sobek is the character's name, if that helps. Um and they don't explain why they're not aging. All they suggest <laughs> is that they sent down a bacteria sample, and then they get there, and it's a weird, squishy monster. Ooh, and they're yeah. like, how did this happen so fast? <laughs> I like the squishy monster. It's a nice puppet effect. And you know what? That that squishy monster ends up trying to strangle Christopher Lloyd. And they, <laughs> it attacks him. It's really cool. And his Klingon friends are like, should we kill this? And he's like, no, no, no. And he, like, chokes it out. <laughs> it's weird, like... I like squirmy wormy things in Star Trek. Yeah. Just just like the weird ear insect from Khan. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so good though. Nothing like that here. So they're doing that, and then there's all the uh Yeah, this, the Vulcan stuff. When does the Enterprise get destroyed? Yeah, so um so back on that space dock, um Bowens is acting like super weird and he tries to like charter a ship. Uh, and they realize that it's because he has some Spock in him. And I feel like this is one of the great wasted opportunities of this whole movie. Is, you know, Spock and Bones, they're always giving each other a hard time. What if they're the same person? Like, that seems like an amazing opportunity for comedy, if nothing else. Mm. But it's kind of just portrayed as a mania early in the movie. And then it's like no big deal for the rest of it. Uh, I, I think they try to make it a little funny, but it does not hit at all. Like, he tries to do the Vulcan neck pinch, but there's no funny reaction to it. <laughs> it's, it's it's just shot really weird. It's not great directing. Well, At least on that in that particular scene. Nimoy will perfect it in the, uh, the following film. Don't worry. There's other good scenes. That's just not one of them. Um, but yeah, uh, they... The old crew eventually decide we're going to uh, fight the power and steal the Enterprise and go get Spock's body because uh, not only is it you know 
something they a duty they have to their old friend uh, who's passed away. Uh, but Bones is also pretty fucked up now too, and so they've got to help both of them. Uh, and so like Sula goes and beats up a guy, and Uhura goes and threatens a student with a gun. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Scotty rigs the Enterprise so that you can fly it with just one person. And uh, he also fucks up uh, the Excelsior. Which, that's a weird, like, running plot that I don't know if you guys are even aware of. Like, the Excelsior being, like, this much fancier ship than the Enterprise. And they keep just ignoring it. Until Star Trek VI, when Sulu gets it. I don't remember that. It's funny, though. Uh, So they take the Enterprise to Genesis and uh, Christopher Lloyd's Klingon crew has also just arrived. The, they had earlier in the movie... Oh, it's, that's a dumb scene. That's a dumb scene. Early in the movie, uh, Christopher Lloyd... Uh, Cruge. Crudge. I don't know how to say his name. Yeah. Let's go with Crudge. <laughs> Crudge. Uh, <laughs> Crudge gets some Genesis intel from, like, I don't know, his girlfriend or something on this like weird like freighter uh and she tells him what's up and he's like oh so you saw genesis and she's like uh yeah i, I get it and he's like goodbye my love and he blows up the <laughs> ship and it's like what the f- you're taking your crew to this planet like why can't she come with you we, they have beaming technology there's just like you two know, guys on that ship you know Sean, he's looking for a way out of the relationship <laughs> so he's just i'm just gonna blow her up Okay, so Crudge, Cruge, goes to Genesis, and it's assumed, at least this is what I gathered, that he wants to use it as some sort of weapon, Mm -hmm. but how? Is it just a big bomb for him? I think so, yeah. I think uh, that you see that uh, Genesis has totally terraformed this planet, and then it destroys the planet. Um, I think he sees that as, well, I could shoot this at a civilized planet. And destroy civilization and blow up the planet. Um, Shoot a planet at another planet? Well, no. Or something on the planet. Yeah, I was, it, yeah, I it, didn't it turns understand. the planet into another planet, basically. And okay. so if you had a bunch of buildings and people, they would get destroyed. Okay. Uh, and so to do that, he, he blows up the uh, the ship that uh-huh. uh, David and Sabic were from. But they're down on the planet, so they're the only survivors from that. And, um, yeah. And then the Enterprise shows up, right? And, yeah. And uh, the Enterprise should very easily win this fight. But it doesn't because it's fucked up from the previous battle. And yeah. only one guy's flying it instead of a whole crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they surrender and Christopher Lloyd beams his crew over to the Enterprise, and the Enterprise crew beam down to Genesis, and they blow up the Enterprise. So to answer your question, John, that's how the Enterprise gets blown up. <laughs> it's kind of a long answer. You following all this, Nancy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I gotta remember the movie. You know? Okay. We don't need to go, like, scene by scene. Scene by scene. Yeah, and, okay. and so then uh, most of the Klingon crew is dead, and so then uh, Kirk does a sweet flip and kills Christopher Lloyd. He, he kicks him in the head, into lava. 
I did I did appreciate that in some respect because it reminds me of the original show. Just, just gonna punch you, kick you a bunch, mm-hmm. and then you fall. Oh. He's like, no, into pretty bad, pretty bad looking effect. Oh, I guess I skipped over the. Uh, so the Klingon crew captures um, Sabic, David, and Spock. Uh, Spock's not. Spock's now a teenager, and so because of Pon Far, he totally uh, made sweet love to Savik in a Ugh. really awkward, <laughs> why did they put this in the movie scene? It's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Initiation. He can't keep evolving if he doesn't reach that step. Um, they're being held hostage, and Christopher Lloyd's like, to prove how serious I am, I'm going to kill one of the hostages. And so the bodyguard is going to stab Savik, but then David wrestles with him and gets stabbed in the gut and dies. That sucks. Why didn't they just kill Savik? It's not even the same returning cast member. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, and it's I totally forgot that David was even a character until halfway through. I was like, oh, yeah, his son. Now I, okay. And then, oh, never mind. He's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never really feel like him and Kirk had much time together. They did not. And so and, he, and his mom, Carol Marcus, who's in Into Darkness, by the way. Carol Marcus uh, is that scientist in Into Darkness that takes off her clothes. And she's like, oh, yeah. why are you looking at me when I'm in my underwear? And it's like, fuck you, J.J. Abrams. You're not supposed to do this. Where did that character go? Exactly. At the end of that movie, she joins Starfleet. And she's like, I'm going to be on the Enterprise now. And they're like, sweet. And at the end of beyond Jayla, the new alien girl, is like, I'm gonna join Starfleet. And it's like, is she just gonna be gone in the next one, She's too? just gonna be gone. I feel like there's a lot of things, not to go back to Into Darkness, that are just kind of forgotten, like this rising Klingon tension we never revisit. Well, mm-hmm. it's five years, three years, whatever, later. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny to me, because I was thinking about that, like, there's the rising Klingon tension and Romulan tension, and but, like, I don't think they wanted to make that movie you know they wanted to make kind of it stands on its own yeah this is an episode you know and and maybe you know like maybe we'll get that movie eventually because i want to see it but but i definitely like understood why they didn't make it i just want to see more klingons and and it's a recurring aspect of the uh, the original series movies that there's a sort of peace negotiation or at least a disarmament yeah. A negotiation going on with the Klingons kind of in the backdrop of all this. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to just have tensions with the Klingon in the background for yeah. however long you want to keep that going. I just hope they fight them eventually in those newer movies because yeah. that would be cool. That is basically they fought the... them a lot in the original movies, I feel like. Yeah. they. You, I mean, you don't see any Romulans in the movies. It's all Klingons. And they basically like have tensions with Klingons for the entire run of the next generation. <laughs> oh, but it's so good because they're, they're peacetime tensions. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and that that all comes to a head in Deep Space Nine, by the way. I know. I'm trying okay. plucking my way through. It's, it's some crazy shit happens. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what happens in Search for Spock uh, after David's death and Christopher Lloyd's death. Uh, they end up taking the bird of prey to Vulcan, where Spock's dad is like, "Well, well, we could actually do a thing where we put Spock's mind back into new Spock body, and then we're all good." 
uh, and they do it. And then, and then the whale thing's going to happen. That's in the next movie. It was a nice moment when Spock and Kirk reunite, and he's like, "Jim." It's very, it's very nice. It's a great, great friendship there. It is. It's true love, man. It's true love. But yeah, I mean, aside from some nice moments, I think you made a good point, Sean, that this film is essentially meaningless. <laughs> like, it's just a whole film explaining how they could bring Spock back. It's like. Like, instead of just going forward with what they did, which I understand it's, like, it's really hard to keep doing Star Trek without Spock, but it's like, well, then you shouldn't have done it if you're just going to undo it immediately. And, yeah. like, not only that, but if you think about the structure of the plot, like, Christopher Lloyd's character and the Klingons are irrelevant. Like, you could... Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a whole story about saving Spock and then there's in the middle of that a let's just kill some Klingons, <laughs> but it's it's like they don't ever feel like a real threat. You don't really understand their motivations except hey, there's a thing that could maybe be a weapon. Uh, like the the probably the most compelling thing about them is he's got like a space dog puppet that he really likes. Oh yeah, that thing's scary. <laughs> but you know, I walked into this thinking, oh, this is gonna be really boring and really bad. Honestly, it was not that boring, and it, I don't think it's. I don't know if I necessarily say it's bad. It's just, it's not an interest. It's not a story that needed to be told. There's so many. Like I always say, when you're dealing with Star Trek, you you have like so many options. You have a universe of options to explore, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna try to undo the mistake that they made by killing Spock in the last movie, and then throw in some Klingons or some shit. Yeah, I I feel like. Um... You know, I'd, I'd say the the biggest waste of opportunity is they don't use bones enough. But I think also there's a chance to use like the rest of the cast more. Uh, like Scotty always gets some play, uh, and you know he's fun in this one too. But Uhura like literally just like points a gun at a student and is like, "All right, I'll see you guys at the end of the movie." And like Sulu has a like, "I'm gonna beat up a, a guy who's much bigger than me." Scene, but then he doesn't do anything either. It's they they weren't even interested in trying to get away from, you know, the Trinity of Spock, Bones, and Kirk. Um, yeah, and and so it's like you're saying, John. It's like why why'd you even bother killing Spock off if you're not willing to try? But at the same time, are you like are you glad that they brought him back? Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's hard. That, I like I 100 percent agree with everything you're saying, Sean. And it's just funny, like, that maybe they... Do you think this would have been more effective if they did it off-screen? Like, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, they they came back to the to Star, Star Trek 3, and maybe this had all happened, but, it, you know, it happens with, like, Spock explaining it in, like, a little soliloquy... Or just a little monologue, not soliloquy, but you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, yeah, he just says it and then boom, we're on to the next adventure. Or do you That'd think that kind of weird? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, either way, like, yeah, I mean, do you feel like h- how does this movie affect Wrath of Khan for you as far as the, like, the, you know, the emotion of killing Spock? Does it affect you when you watch that movie? Say, so, well, they're just gonna bring him back. So, I, I, if I think if I was, you know, in the '80s 
and I went and saw Wrath of Khan in the theater, and then I waited like three years, and then I saw Search for Spock. Yeah. I would have been pissed. Yeah. But, like, I already knew Spock was alive the first time I saw. Like, I knew. Yeah. I, when I, the first time I saw Wrath of Khan, I was like, Spock's going to die, and he'll be back in the next one. Yeah. Like, so I, I never had. I never had the like the the sadness for that character's death that would come for, like if I really believed it. Yeah. And I also never got to experience how upset I would have been. <laughs> yeah. If they if I like because that's a good death scene and I would yeah. have been like those fucking assholes they ruined it. I, yeah. I would I would probably like I'd list Search for Spock as one of my least favorite movies of all time if I <laughs> was alive at that part in the eighties. <laughs> Uh, but I, as far as your question about like, should they have just, um, like just, he's back and don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, I think the, the thing with search for Spock is it just feels like a weird, bad epilogue to Wrath of Khan instead of, uh, this opportunity to do a new adventure with a new status quo, uh, and, and, and give the rest of the cast a chance to shine. Uh, in, instead, it's like, let's just go for the most direct path to getting back to where we were at the beginning of Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned how if you'd seen this back then, it would have pissed you off. You know, like, oh, he's already back and everything. It just makes me think about how not to bring up Into Darkness again. <laughs> now Kirk dies. And we literally have, like, maybe a minute or two of him being, oh, he's dead. Oh, he's like, no, he's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> why did they decide to revisit that? Everyone hated that, like, the death. Well, not, not necessarily the death, but then bringing back. I just, it seemed so pointless and into darkness. So, I, my explanation for that now is J.J. Um, Abrams likes, like, I feel like J.J. Abrams, like, as as a not Star Trek fan, like he understood the surface level of these characters, he understood sort of like the reputation, and so that's why in the first two movies we get like the womanizer Kirk, who's like not a very good captain, because uh, he's such a rebel, and you get like <laughs> logical Spock, who also just like beats the shit out of people all the time, because <laughs> he's like, okay, what's what are Vulcans? Well, they're they're like logical, and they also have super strength. Um. And so, like, it, it got, it took advantage of him in Into, Into Darkness. It, it, it went too far where he's like, well, here's this sweet scene where uh, Khan comes back. And, like, what if we did that again? And I there's this sweet see. death scene, <clears throat> and that's pretty, everybody loves that scene. We can't do Wrath of Khan without that scene, right? So. For me, for me, it's much more about, we never got to see how... Kirk and Spock form their relationship. And that's what those first two movies are about. And those plot devices, to me, are a way to bring those two together. I'm not, you know, like, I don't know. The, the thing about those first two movies, they get really sad, like hardcore sad, mm-hmm. at a, quite a few beats. And to me, that that makes me, as a Star Trek fan... I don't feel like I'm watching Leonard Nimoy, you know. I don't feel like I'm watching old Kirk and old Spock. I I feel like I'm watching two new characters. And I'm finding out, you know, how they're going to be friends. And, you know, 
it might be unoriginal and it might be whatever, but I feel like it's it's more about the relationship of those two than it is, you know, the specific scene, you know, of him dying. Because that that scene in Into Darkness still affected me emotionally because not because of Wrath of Khan or because I know this is a famous scene, but just because I'm looking at it through Spock's eyes, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think you also bring up a good point, which is that like they have done an amazing job recasting all these roles. Yeah, I like love this new cast. Except and... I will say, I do not like Bones. I'm kind of on the same page there. I've never liked. Really, I I've, feel like I think a... he had his moments in the new one, but yeah. he's he does not feel like a real person. I, no, it, I I am. Oh, it makes me so happy to hear you say that. I feel like I'm the only person on the planet that's like, this guy is just doing an super over exaggerated impression of I feel like no one else is really doing an impression not even yeah that's not even uh Zachary Quinto like he's not he's doing a Vulcan and he's kind of like Spock but he's he's not as gentle as Spock well I love Zachary Quinto had some great like eyebrow raises in this movie yeah I think was very Spock (laughs) yeah yeah everyone gives nods but that guy like uh, what's his name? Un- Underwood something? Carl Urban. Car- Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, Underwood, Urban, you know. It sounds Carl like he, Underwood. He sounds like a country singer. But the guy, the <laughs> yeah. guy never opens his damn mouth when he talks. His teeth are clenched <laughs> the entire movie. He's like, oh my god. Oh, da, 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 da. He played Judge Dredd. He can't get out of it. Uh, it's just tries <laughs> just like... And I agree, like, he, he was better in this one just from the fact that, I don't know, I'm used to him. But... But he's just, he's not, and, and it might glean from, Bones is my favorite character from the originals, but yeah. God, damn it, man. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, man. Damn it, man. God, Christ. Uh. God damn it. <laughs> you know what I'd compare it to, and Sean, you'll you'll get this reference, because I don't know that Nancy watches this show, but... On People vs. O.J. Simpson, Carl Urban's like the John Travolta. <laughs> okay, that's going too far. It's No, no, it's like everyone is, is doing their interpretation of like a character, and he's doing like an impersonation, yeah. which, I mean, he's funny sometimes, but when he has a more serious moment, like, it's a little harder for me to take him seriously. Yeah. I mean, I did like the moment in Beyond where they share a drink, but still... He's still. I feel still like he's he's laying it on a little heavy. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll. You know what? Okay, I I like him. You guys. Uh, I think I think the John Travolta. Let's say she's more like, uh, or he's more like uh, Thandie Newton in W, where like everyone else <laughs> okay. is playing a character and she's just doing something crazy. Uh, but now I, I but think like about every... even even like Anton Yelchin is like doing that insane accent, but it doesn't feel like an impression with him right like he's yeah. pulling that off yeah yeah uh, he's an actual russian carl urban's from new zealand or australia or something <laughs> damn yeah. it man <laughs> like damn I, it, man. and one of the one of the things that also bugged me about beyond is like a little bit of the dialogue was like every time every time that he reacted to spock it was damn it man or you know I'm a doctor, not a whatever, you know. Okay, yeah, I get it. You're a doctor. I know. You've been saying that for three movies. You don't like flying. Yeah, I get it. But he uh, has to fly the thing. Sure. Oh, yeah. I'm a doctor. Uh, damn it, man. I'm a doctor. You know? It's like, okay. 
And then the other thing was Scotty saying Lassie like way too much. Like that's the Wrong only lot. it's the only word he knows like to refer to <laughs> what's her name as. I loved Scotty in the whole movie, and I love his little his little guy. I'm all about that little guy. <laughs> yeah, starfish face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my really only two two big gripes in it. This is like okay, I, I will. I will say, casting-wise, I seem to recall saying that I was not a fan of Kirk previously in these films, but I would say that I, I am now. Yeah. I was always a fan, but I felt like it was it was just... It was great to get a movie where he's actually the captain, and that's not a threat. And people recognize yeah. him as a good captain. And even Starfleet recognizes him as a good captain. Yeah, because, like, hey, bro, it won't be Admiral. <laughs> Uh, where, where were we? Oh, yeah, so... Search. Did we finish everything we had to say about Search for Spock? I think we did. Yeah, um... And I, and I think it's important to remember that after Wrath of Khan, um, they, they really have not been able to do a Star Trek the motion picture style, like, not action-adventure Star Trek movie. It just, it doesn't happen. Like, Wrath of Khan, everybody liked it, and they're like, we're just gonna keep trying to do this. Uh, and it ruined all the Next Generation movies, except for First Contact, which got pretty far away from it. Um, and I guess Insurrection also sort of had some interesting ideas, but it also com- comes down to Picard driving around a sweet dune buggy. So I'm really <laughs> excited to watch the Next Generation movies. Not because they're going to be good, but just, I don't know. I, I just really want to see like Riker with a big budget. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you're saying yeah. gonna look all theatrical yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the like, movies. it's just funny because one of the things because right after I watched Beyond I was like fuck yeah Star Trek and I started going back and getting into my queue of next gen and Deep Space Nine and the biggest thing that was jarring about um, next gen is everything is carpeted Hell like, yeah. Even the walls. <laughs> like everything every wall and ceiling and floor and chair, you know, is carpeted. Everything's carpeted. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And like everything in the new movies is just like plastic, you know. Oh well, yeah, it's cuz like and like holograms and shit. They're like, you know what? If it's all metal, there's probably going to be some lens flares and shit. Like yeah. that'll suck. Nobody wants lens flares. <laughs> I wonder if the carpeting thing was also because of the time period at which the show was produced. Oh, for sure. If that seemed like a more aesthetically pleasing thing to them at the time. It was just very clean and very, you know. <laughs> I'd love to see them remake, like, Next Generation as a series of movies. <laughs> There's everything just carpeting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm curious in revisiting the movies uh, again, too, because I haven't seen very many of them. I, I, Voyage Home, I seem to recall, being my favorite of them. So that I'd yeah, it's a devices them. movie, but I think you're in good company because I also think the movie's hilarious and a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I always love it when it's funny, and I love them going like back in time to Earth or you know yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and I just watched Star Trek Six again uh, for the first time in a long time. That movie is legit. Like it's, so it, which, I think that's right up there. Which which one is that? I always go back and forth. I'm not sure if I've seen it yet. I think I have, but I'm okay. getting lost in my epic star trek journey okay here we go star trek one big yeah. old cloud go through space star got trek it. two con got it star trek three christopher lloyd's a klingon yeah star trek four whales yeah star trek five why does god need a spaceship 
So uh, is that the one where... Is that the elevator pitch? Is, it, is that... Because I haven't seen it, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I remember the end of Star Trek V. Is that the one that starts where it's like they're fighting Klingons and it's like sweet blood? Nope, is... that's Star Trek VI. Okay, of. yeah, okay, cool. Star Trek V opens with... <laughs> Bones and Spock and Kirk are out camping. Oh, and yeah. And they're teaching Spock how to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, rock climbing. Yeah, and they're rock climbing, and Spock's yeah. flying around in hover boots, and he's like, why are you climbing? It's so dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> no, Star Trek 6 is... I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds great. Star Trek 6 is the one that opens up with a bunch of Klingons getting killed, and they have pink CG blood flying everywhere. It's like, look, we use computers. Yep. Does the CG look bad? Oh, it looks super bad. Because there's some CG in Search for Spock. We didn't mention that. It's really bad. Not a lot of it, but there's some. Yep. No other CG looks good in anything. Not even in the 90s? They probably got... Probably around next generation time, they got it down. Well, DS9 was like the first thing where like all the space shots were CG. Hmm. And so it's very like... Looks like a video game kind of. Yeah. Doing sweet flips and stuff, though. Yeah. There's some big battles in DS9. Yeah, I haven't gotten to any of those yet. They just uh, show, like, you know, circling exteriors of the space station. Yeah. I wonder how many of those they had. If you, like, really track it down. Like, did they have just, like, four shots? I'm sure they did. <laughs> just invert it. This time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so star trek beyond it's a lot of fun star trek the search for spock it's fun but ugh, what were they thinking that's been it's bad fun <laughs> that so that's like a good movie and a bad movie thank you for listening to this podcast's experience where we all learned a lot if you want to keep on learning please go to mildlyplease.com it's our website um, I'm not going to review Star Trek Beyond, I don't think. I think we talked about it enough on this. But if one of you guys wants to, or maybe Colin, uh, <laughs> yeah. go to com and find out if there's a review there. Um, and you can also find our other podcasts. We've, 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 we've done basically all our shows except Pitching Tents in this last week. We got you a T3. We got you a Rock Talk. We got you a Stream Police. And now a good movie, bad movie. We... <laughs> should probably do a pitching tent sometime soon um but you can find them all on itunes by searching mildly pleased and if you don't want to do any of that then i mean you're free go wherever you want they're probably pokemon you should go catch right now and we'll speak to you next girl meets boy they fall in love she says he's everything she's dreamed of but when they get married before he's aware she changes his habits the way he combs his hair she changes him to someone he's never been and then complains he's not like other men now really i find this most illogical 